Welcome back, Strange Crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. listening to volume 129 of the Strange Grooves podcast. I'm Sheree Slatson. I'm Kate Milberry. And we have a special guest this episode. Long anticipated. I don't know why it took us so long, honestly. But we always save the best for last. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. And thankfully, she was able to join us tonight. Julia Wright. A St. John icon, host of uh, CBC's Information Morning here in St. John, longtime supporter of the local music scene, zine publisher, icon, vice journalist, punk rocker, um, marathon runner, um, just all around super amazing human being um, who really leverages, um, you know, her skill set and voice to really, you know, let people know what's going on, what's happening how to get involved, how to be a bigger part of the community, the region. And it's just it was really nice to sit and talk with her. We talked about music and memories, about pretty much just everything St. John that you could possibly imagine. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll have her back on the show again for a second part. But, yeah, it was really nice catching up. And we definitely hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. And for our uh, patrons listening... We are doing, we do the shout outs at the end of this episode. We switch things up for this one. So if you're wondering, it's coming. Listen to the end. Okay, here we go. Rolling. Rolling. Julia Wright, welcome to the Strange Grooves podcast. Took you long enough. I know. Yeah, over five years. Five years, I'm very sorry. I didn't mean to um, not have you in the studio for that long. How are things with you? I love being here. This is an awesome setup that you guys have. You've been a very highly requested guest, and obviously as a, a pal and, and bud, like we've wanted to have you on the show, but I guess we always save the best. Save the best for last. Well, for we, didn't last. Want to, we wanted to give you the full experience, so you're here. I'm glad that you're kind of here in a way, because you get to have the proper setup. You're Not a CBC host. We wanted to like half-ass impress I'm impressed. Yeah. We're <laughs> trying. We're trying. We got road mics, guys. Oh my yeah. goodness. Super sexy. Super Sounds slick. Sounds amazing. Actually, these headphones are nicer than mine. Really? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, budget definitely. cuts, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard times. Hard times in the Maritimes, man. <laughs> I have that on that on the list, too. Interesting. Oh, sweet. Oh, yes. We'll definitely be chatting about that. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for episode 129 of the Strange Groups podcast. God damn, 129. I know. It's kind of crazy. We're in the studio. It's a Wednesday night. It was a bit snowy. Um, yeah, but we're okay. here with Julia, um, finally. Um I love how every month, like, we'll get, like, multiple requests. Like, when's Julia going to be on? Mm. How come Julia hasn't been on? I'd like to know who Oh, you guys were on me. CBC. How come Julia wasn't on your podcast first? Can you tell me one person who requested no. me? No. No? No, it's confidential. It's strictly confidential. We protect our sources, Julia. That makes sense. Yeah. Most CBC of all of our Sharice. friends, though. It's most of all of our mutual friends. Oh, yes. cool. Yeah. All right. No. Right? Like, well, thanks to everyone music who requested crew. me. Yeah, like, you know, just... Because you're always a big supporter of music and people in the community and just bands and artists. So, of course, people want to hear what you're up to, what you're listening to, your stories. Like, you're a major component of the music scene in my in my world. Like, I mean, the last 15 years, you've been at every show. Like, I try. Up. I try. I Sometimes mean, I just cringe when I see some pictures from, like, some of, like, the old spaces. And I'm just like, oh, goodness. Yeah. And like, luckily, that was like, a hole. Yeah. Luckily... <laughs> I lost everything I owned when I was like 16. So a lot of my old photos and things like that are gone. So. There are some photos kicking around that I'm shocked exist that were taken with disposable cameras right. at venues like the yeah, yeah. end in the Chinese Cultural Center back right. when it was the Knights of Columbus. Like, oh, yeah. do you remember those days? Anyway, do, yeah. 
embarrassing. Embarrassing cool. times. Embarrassing there is evidence. Times. <laughs> but good times though. I, yeah, no, I was not present at any of them. I was like a few, I did go to local shows, but I feel like I was like half a generation behind you guys. Yeah, that's okay. Bit. You're just a youngin. I was just a youngin. You still are. Yeah, I guess. Young buck. Yeah. Young buck. Young, gr- young grasshopper. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I guess on the on that topic, I guess a good place to start, Julie, is um, can you tell us a little bit about sort of um, your relationship with music? What did you grow up listening to? And perhaps, um, you know, we talked about, we just talked about, you know, live shows. When did you start going to live, 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 uh, I can talk, I swear. Live local shows. This is why I can't, can't host shows. information morning. <laughs> live local shows. Live local you shows. got it, got it. There okay, go. the first show I remember ever going to was uh, AV and Gary Flanagan at the Deep End, which was an all ages venue on uh, Prince, on Canterbury Street. And, uh, like, in the John Law building, uh, Raven Blue ran it. And um, at that point, I was a little punk, and I loved uh, just, like, hanging out uptown and, and, like, trying to catch some live music, which was incredibly rare, you know, to go, to have stuff that you could actually go to at that age, at age 15. Yeah. And, um, like, Phil, uh, was a, who's now Jaguar Knight in Shrimp Ring, uh, was AV at that point and playing uh, keyboard tunes and uh, doing, like, synth 80s-inspired dance music. And Gary Flanagan, um, who's still around and recording as well, was doing uh, like keyboard uh, beats and like it, it, it was just like very retro and very lo-fi and um, incredible. You know, it was amazing. And That's so cool. I yeah, it was cool. I mean, that. I always loved um, going out and like dancing and you know meeting my little friends and wearing your coolest outfits. I love doing that too. Yeah, I still do that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fun, right? You gotta you gotta choose wisely the things you go out to as an adult now, right? Don't yeah. only so much bandwidth. Uh, Got to wear the the cool coats and the fun pants whenever you get a chance. Yeah, very selective when I leave the house these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. Because like I, I know, because I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for folks who don't know, um, I am the host of uh, a radio show that starts super early in the morning now. So those all ages shows that start at seven o'clock—that's my jam again. Yeah, very, it comes full circle. So if you're listening, yeah. hold earlier shows. People love them. Nobody wants to go out at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And if the youngins do, well, it's it's chapter two for that part of the show. Two gigs. <laughs> two <laughs> separate. Man, when they sell out, Steve-O did it. Mm-hmm, true. Sold out the first seven o'clock show. They did a 10 o'clock show. Maybe that's what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about evolving your strategy, right? Yeah. Tailored yeah. to the demographic. Give the people what they want. Snacks and earlier show times. Yeah. So that was like my first show ever. But I mean, um, there was, there was also like a, a jazz cafe thing called Night Train that used to happen at the St. John Arts Center. Remember um, that? Yeah. Like the, like a lot of those artists uh, went on to, to have careers in music in, in, in Montreal. Like uh, Chris Durning and Matt Higgins played for years together uh, after debuting as high school students there. I mean... St. John has always had a crazy um, punch above its weight music scene. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say we have, you know, talent here that probably rolled the punches just as high as any, you know, Hollywood kind of chart-topping artist right now. Like, Agreed. You know, like, look at Steven Hero, for example. Mm. 100%. Anyways. He's owning the St. John identity. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love it. It's very authentic. Yeah, I love what Very he's chill. Um, he's a hustler. I love how his work ethic. Um, like when we were kids, you wouldn't be caught dead talking about taking the bus and uh, hanging out by a dumpster, smoking cigarettes and working at a restaurant. That was what we were trying to avoid owning. Right. We wanted to be uh, urban, uh, like we wanted to be like New York kids or Montreal kids <laughs> or something. And we were, and now it's like um, all that stuff that I ran from and like wanted to sort mm-hmm. of um, pretend that wasn't my background. Right. Everyone's just owning it. 
Like no, that, you're right on that. That's, yeah, that's it's cool. East Coast lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I always appreciated something uh, you said, Julie. I don't think I ever told you this, um, but there was an event a while ago. This was years ago. I think it was like 2015, around 2015. I forget what it was called, but it was at the BMO Theater, and you gave up and you gave a speech, and you kind of talked about, you know, that St. John identity. Um, and one of the things you said always stuck with me. It was like, if our best and brightest are leaving, what does that make us? And I always, we're the leftovers. <laughs> you're the leftovers, and I was just like, I don't know. It, like I, I thought that was it, that uh, that always stuck with me and resonated with me because it's like this idea, and I think it's so ingrained, especially not just in St. John, but New Brunswick and the Maritimes, that we're always yeah. got to look elsewhere, and we're always on the go, like go west, right? Um, People still ask me that, like all oh, the time, same. Oh, we're gonna lose you. They're gonna snap you up in Toronto. People oh, yeah. still say that, and I'm like, why would you ever think that that's what I wanted? What have right. I ever done or said that would make right. you think that that was the goal? Because mm. like I, I actually, I think I know where it comes from. It comes yeah. from a sense of being proud of your abilities and your skills. So they think, well, of course you would be destined to go somewhere else, or other places would be more taught. We're taught to feel that way necessarily, even just living here. Yeah. Right. And I think that that's where it comes from. It comes from a place of them being humble, but it comes across the wrong way. My journey is to a different destination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's here. Yeah, I love it here. I'll I'll never leave. I always say it's my, you know, my little big town. And, you know, if you want to go other places for a couple months or even just to travel, it's nice, but it's always really good to come home. Yeah. And economically, it's nice to be here too right now. So everyone wants to be us now. Yeah, it's true. So it's sort of like, it's been that shift being like, we're, we're like, like the people that were here being like, we're cool. We swear. And then, like the mean girls, <laughs> like everybody wants to be yeah. us. But they now are. we're actually like, we are cool. Um, you know, so but John's, actually guys, but we are cool. Get the memo. We're cool. So, um, so it's kind of <laughs> cool. Look, the dead. Pa- Smile thing. <laughs> <laughs> but to see that shift over the last, like, you know, several years, yeah. is, it's really cool to see. And of course there's still like, we think, oh, there's so much growth in St. John. And then, you know, you go to like a Halifax or a Toronto being like, oh yeah, we're still small as fuck. But like, we're also but there has been a lot of growth more than I think the city's seen in a while, especially not just like economically, but in arts and culture too. So yeah. Like the fact that we have a recording label here in the South end mm, or yeah. that there is a new music venue, uh, an all ages music venue opening up on union street. Like those are things that I didn't really think were possible probably 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah. I, I definitely, I feel the same way. And I think too, like I never would have expected it to be a destination for people to start, businesses or have you know recording studios or you know for people to move here as a result of those opportunities Mm. but I love seeing what's happening like I mean even like when we met Paul Milner for example that was such a great connection to have but then all the different people that he was working with you know from like kids schools Maestro Fresh West James Mullinger local bands like McKinley Morrison like it it really it really feeds that ecosystem and then it people are attracted to what's going on here. And so, like you said, everybody kind of wants to know, like, what what's going on? What are they up to? Mm. You said Stephen Hero's a hustler. Maestro is a hustler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's He does it all. He hosts radio shows. He hosts reality TV shows about sandcastles. He has a cooking show. Yeah. Like, he is recording kids' albums. Like, the guy is a dynamo. He's kind of like the hip-hop James Mullinger. Has he mm. been on the show yet? Yeah. Okay. Yes, he has been. And so actually, um, he will be, uh, they'll be coming on for a part two in the next couple months. Oh my God. Yeah, because like, cool. so the really fun thing, you know, with them is that, you know, I've known Matt. Steven, Steven Matt, Steve, Dave. Right? Yeah. Um, For 20 years. 
And we were joking a few weeks ago when we were at the cooking show launch and I was watching him watch himself up on the screen and, you know, Wes and all of his friends and dignitaries, the mayor, everybody's there. And I reached over to Matt and I said, do you, do you remember like us smoking darts, like in my Mecklenburg apartment? Minimum wage was like six ten. I worked a giant tiger. And you worked like, a giant tiger? I worked at the Waterloo Street Tim Hortons. I did. Well, see, look at that. Would you just look at that? Up and coming, right? And we still haven't gone to Toronto or Vancouver, guys, right? But I said to him, I said, you know, isn't it? Isn't it fucking wild sometimes to kind of see what those connections have done? And that's kind of what happened. Our time with Stephen Hero on the podcast and then meeting Maestro, we got them connected. Then they were able to start recording together and share those opportunities. And it's just, it's, I really find that's been what St. John's kind of given to me and a lot of the musicians around here. And from the music perspective is it's really full circle and people don't mind rolling their sleeves up to help each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what makes it really attractive to come and be here or to produce here regardless of your industry but anyways agreed yeah I mean if you don't help people out and if you don't treat everyone in the community with as much respect as you can muster even when you disagree with them you're not going to last very long here yeah you're going to get you're going to get burnt out and feel awkward and like you you, you can't function here and you're going to you are going to move I think I think I think yeah. it, that sense of community is key to your success here I hope everyone who's moving here realizes that. It's, yeah. It's true. I, um, like my, my boyfriend, he moved um, before the pandemic from, from Ontario. He wasn't one of those Ontario people. <laughs> but he was in before it was he cool. He was in before it was cool. Um, and it's one of the things that he's commented on um, over time being like, you know, like it seems like, you know, he's been, you know, getting into applying for jobs and industry and finding support. It's like, you know, it's, you got to, it's who you know, you got to know someone or like yeah. the job goes to someone who knows someone like on, yeah, on the team. Absolutely. And it's, and I'm like, yeah, that's sort of the way it's done around here. And for and like great, great for people that are from here and you have a good network, but I can see it being a struggle for people that that wasn't the norm for them. Or we have privilege. We, we all benefit yeah. from genre privilege. Yeah. yeah. You know, because we've either been here long enough or we grew up here or whatever that we can avail ourselves of all those connections. But I think that it's a responsibility if you, if you, if you have that, that you have to build bridges with people that are, are new here too yeah. and kind of bring them into the fold. So that's why I, I, I see you guys doing it. And that's what I try to do too with my creative work and my work work, you know, yeah. bring people into the fold. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it really matters how introverted you are or extroverted you are. If you have something that you need or want or have to get done, straight up reach out to the people that are doing it better than you or just as good or can help you. And, or go to those events that those people are at or go to those shows where people are also performing who might need additional bands on those bills. And it just takes a minute to say hi or if you're you know, a little bit nervous, like reach out on Instagram, send a DM. But I think like, that's what I mean when I say rolling up your sleeves, even if you're new or, you know, if you've, you know, been here your whole life and maybe you've just never applied the potential that you maybe just started to feel. It's a great way to do it. Just reach out to someone that, I don't know, you think is kind of vibes with you and just be like, Hey, where can we play a show? (laughs) Where can I run? Do you like primates? I'm going to explain this. If people are like watching it. Yeah, say, explain your I, outfit. Let's okay, so it's it's so um, snowy and rainy out there right now, and I was like, oh, I got some time to kill before I come on the podcast. I'm gonna go like run around. So I went down uh, Lower Cove Loop. I I went up uh, Carmarthen Street uh, down Mecklenburg. Just kind of this, you know, chaotic running route. And then I forgot my clothes. <laughs> so I'm wearing a sweaty running clothes. Thanks guys for being so close to me right now. No, but, I did. Yeah, 
We're good. I'm just. I know you're good. I just. I'm just kind of embarrassed that that's what happened. No, I'm embarrassed that I don't run. Yeah, like you're. Yeah, I'm just like (laughs) you had a couple minutes to kill and you went running around the the loop. I haven't left the house in two days. (laughs) I know. Well, actually, you know, I I, running is when I listen to most of my music. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's kind of when I am, you know, exploring new stuff, or I listen to the tracks that uh, Peter Rowan sends me for his music column on my Mm. show. Or I'm just, you know, pick a track and then radio on Spotify and discover some new music. So what have you been good. listening to lately? What is done? Um, lately I've been listening to, okay, there's this um, YouTube show called Chicken Shop Date and it's from the UK. And uh, it's this, uh, the premise is that this girl who is um, incredibly sardonic and like kind of low key takes various uh, music artists and celebrities on a chicken shop date. Amelia. Yeah, Amelia, I pronounceable love, at yeah. Dibble, Borgen, Worgen. My money don't jiggle, jiggle. Yeah, she yeah. Was one that oh, she got through. Yeah. yeah. She's really so, popular on TikTok. Yeah. Super popular on TikTok and an incredible interviewer. She is literally, um, she is so dry and so committed to the bit. And she does phenomenal interviews where she completely takes these guys who have women falling all over them constantly. Oh, yeah. And I love nags it. them and yeah. just is it's completely deadpan and gives them nothing. And they love it. They yeah, they up. do. They're falling yeah. in love with her. And the, the, the premise is that they're on a date, but it's it's just an interview about their music. Anyway, she interviewed this guy. Uh, he's a rapper from the UK named Artie. I've and seen that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's yeah, eighteen yeah. and he's so nervous and he's like drinking. She's completely sober. He's like pounding Carlsberg. He can't handle it. He can't handle how, how awkward this is. But huh. she's asking excellent questions. But I was like, who is this guy? Because I'm kind of just curious about who she's talking to. Yeah, it's absolutely. a lot of artists I've yeah. never heard of and you know they're a little bit more qualified if they've been put through that kind of realm or at she's least Ed Sheeran, reason, right? like she's done yeah. some big names yeah. and not that Ed Sheeran's amazing but I mean you know he, she's legit but anyway Artie's got this new song called uh, Hello Mate uh he and it's like a, a really cool sample and anyway it's 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 not my normal jam but I have been really liking it I love while I'm running happens. yeah and there's another guy named H-H-A-I-T-C-H that is a other UK rapper that she interviewed I was listening to some stuff by him tonight too so We'll be linking this uh, insane playlist um, in the blog because I'm going to have to listen to all these again. Yeah. Do you have a playlist you can send us? Yeah, I do. If not, we'll make one. It's yeah, called we'll um, we'll Running 2.0 and any song that I come across and I'm like, ooh, the, I, this is good. I'm really liking this. I just add it to this incredibly bizarre Mine playlist. would likely just be Dracula by Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. You know what I found the other day? It was Justice. Funky Town and Dracula together. And oh, it was wow. the best Holy. three minutes of my life. Like I was like, I Jesus had serotonin. Christ. I was like, wow, this is the best <laughs> thing that's ever been made. So I'll send it to y'all. Oh, great. Yeah, no, thank you. It. I appreciate that. You know the most embarrassing thing that's on this playlist? What? Ashley McIsaac. It's not even bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Okay. Like, what else is embarrassing? Should I grab my phone? No, I'll, I'll send I don't even like know yeah. if there can be anything that is embarrassing anymore because people just do a callback to it, right? Yeah, yeah. we're post-embarrassment. Uh, hopefully, you know, but the, but I, I, I don't know. My tastes are so all over the place. It's impossible. I'm sure everyone says that who comes on the show, but I, I listen to, to all genres. It's it's really kind of CBC's influence, maybe. Best concert you'd ever gone to? Oh, man. Um, the one that kind of I go back to all the time is, 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 so the first concert that I went to on my own steam was at AV and Gary Flanagan concert that I talked about. But my very, very first concert ever when I was a little kid 
was uh, with my mom and we went to see Steppenwolf, Pat Benatar, and um, uh, Peter Frampton in, in Moncton. That's wow. awesome. You saw yeah. Steppenwolf? Yeah, wow. we saw, I saw Magic Carpet Ride live. They're and, one wow. of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, I mean, wow. they came to Moncton for, and like, it was it was Rockfest. It was this huge concert and mm. we were 12. My sister and oh I were 12. Oh my God, that's fucking People awesome. were handing us joints. Yeah, that's <laughs> Mom was Iconic. like, put that down. Get, that, get out Give of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, that's that that oh is, man that's awesome it was formative you know it kind of like gave me a sense of what being in a huge crowd like that felt like and what yeah. seeing a huge band that everyone was so amped to see um that that was formative you know yeah. it gave me a sense of that energy that comes with live music right um it's irreplaceable you know mm-hmm. have you traveled to see a favorite band or see live music yeah i mean uh i went to see tori amos when i was 17 uh, at the Sandra bell most recently i went to see alt j uh, also in montreal that was just like within the past year oh that's awesome so i was just feeling alt j i don't know it's like uh i, I, I like their their, their, their looping kind of technology that they use and it's kind of early 2000s vibes but yeah. i do I, it was a great concert yeah it was awesome it's been a while since i've been out so yeah, I am. Um, Montreal's great that way because sometimes there'll be a lot of artists that are touring through as well, like from the states that will have a little gig there. So if you do find them somehow, like that's how I found Chromio was through. I think ah. it was Byte TV like twenty years ago, and just happened to have the channel on cable. And I was like, "What are these guys?" Found out that they were from Montreal. Listened to them for a couple years. They came out with another album, and ninety-seven point three, the the wave picked up the song. They came out with a tour. They started in their hometown of Montreal. I went to it. They had their moms and stuff there. And within the year, they were playing Coachella, Oceaga. They've played all, like, Red Rocks. They've got their own recording label now in Montreal. So I find there's a lot of um, support that happens in Montreal. So it's a great place to go and see a show. But, God, I hate flying there. (laughs) I've never been to – I've only been in the Montreal airport. That's bizarre, Cherise. But I've never been to Montreal. Montreal, like, in Montreal gonna love it i lived there for a couple of years so i love going yeah. back no i've yeah. seen and i we have i have family there i have uh, cousins there apparently uh well i do have cousins there but um, <laughs> apparently who i haven't <laughs> the lost there. side of like family there. yeah well cousin matthew's cousins that i haven't met i think i so follow matthew on twitter Yes, yeah, cousin Matthew. Yes, yeah. he's amazing. But yeah, so he his. We're gonna um, have to change his Twitter handle. Cousin Sorry. Matthew. <laughs> cousin Matthew. Cousin sister Matthew. Sister Letson. I like calling people like by sister name. Sister Wright. Sister Milberry. I think it's great. I think it's super baller. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so Montreal is a place I should be. I should go. But yeah, fuck Montreal Airport. Yeah, I mean and everything it stands for, especially right now. Oh. But Alt J, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> it was cool. I mean, one show that I was devastated that I missed was the National in Portland recently. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I would, I would love to see the National. Whenever I think of the National, I think of Kim Jacobson. She loves the National. Ah, well, she's super cool. So yeah, they're one of my is. favorite bands too. I, yeah. uh, you know, there was this era when I was working at Civilized and in the Creative Soup Building, actually, with, where Kim Jacobson also worked, and um, I listened to the National every day when I was writing my little articles about vaporizers and oh my, God, my little so reviews of various <laughs> weed-related products and lifestyle stuff. So, how the times change. Eh? Good day. What yeah, a good job. <laughs> it was actually it, that was an awesome job. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a cool uh, time in my life. But sitting at Java Moose, listening to uh, like "Don't Swallow the Cap" by the National, and trying to write like seven hundred words, you know. 
quick fast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like new, new articles every day. Right. Like, Oh man. Need, well, so that, I was so, uh, well, that was before legalization. So I was, I was you know, we didn't know what it was going to be or, or what things were going to turn into. So it was, um, it, it was exciting, you know, trying to like, uh, anticipate the trends and, and, and all these new products that we obviously could not get here at this time. We can't right. now though. So, yeah, yeah, I know. It's yeah. Someone who was kind of like late to it. Um, I still don't remember if it is legal or not. You know, so I'm just like, I can take this with me. What do you mean? You can just buy it. Everywhere. Yeah. What do you mean? Flying. With- I'm like, what do you mean? Every place around is now a dispensary. It's just like, it's mm. very, but like three, four years ago, it wasn't legal yet. And so it was a writing was wild, job. Most importantly, you know? like it wasn't even about that. It was the fact that it, I was approached to work at this cool startup where it was a writing yeah. gig and they would let me freelance. Like I was working for Vice and the Telegraph Journal and just writing for, for everywhere. It seemed and I'd never been more busy. And I was also like still pretty struggling to just, you know, put food on the table and make yeah. ends meet. So yeah, things have changed a little bit. Yes. <laughs> That's a trade-off. <laughs> right? Like for sure. Um, any, any concerts that are on your radar this year? Hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. Like I kind of had this moment where uh, I was talking to Peter Rowan and he was like, you should come to LA and see Taylor Swift. And that seemed like an awesome idea to let whole ticket master. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So that was. But he has, a little, he has a few wins for some cool things down there, so he could just use. If his we can get us Tay Tay industry tickets, access. He's super into Casey Musgrave and oh, all this yeah. pop music, like yeah. Taylor Swift and stuff, which is shocking to me because it doesn't seem consistent with his personality. But you know, I've kind of accepted that about him at this point. I, mean, I think their production yeah. and their crew and everything is kind of stepping up how bands like Zeppelin, ACDC, and stuff used to have crews. So I think like there's a big part of that on the industry side that's kind of attractive, like. I don't know. I love watching those videos, like how things are produced at concerts and like the timing of the lights and what I just, I love that stuff. There so. was a time in my life where I would have been like, oh my God, that's so, uh, it's cringeworthy to to be excited about a new Taylor Swift album and, and would have felt some sort of like, there, I should, li- I should say something cooler, you know what I mean? Than yeah. that. But I've come to a, a point where I'm like, damn, I just, I really, I love it. You know, yeah. I can just enjoy it unironically. I'm so glad it's very free, freeing. I think it comes when you're in your thirties. It's so true. Yeah. I, it was funny on my Spotify wrapped, uh, Taylor Swift beat out Bob Dylan. And Ooh, that's weird for you. That it? was very weird. Yeah. Cause he's that's usually why you didn't one. share it this year. I'm just joking. You probably no, I did share it. Yeah. I'm, I was just being, I did, but um, that's why I didn't share mine. I'm like, I'm like, I don't care. I'm past it all, but I literally didn't share mine. Don't be a jabby Joyce guy. Well, I think it's like, you know, I have this belief and I've said this on the show before, like music finds you when you need to. And like, I wasn't, um, you know, before I wasn't a huge, like, and I'm still not a huge fan of uh, Taylor Swift's like early stuff. It's not my, not my cup of tea, but appreciate her as a songwriter. And then I think it was like when she dropped Taylor's version of, uh, of red in the 10 minute version of all too well. And I listened to it and I was like, I think there's an episode where I ranted about it for <laughs> 10 minutes straight. Oh, and I do remember that. Who yeah. has not been discarded and forgotten by someone. And I was yeah. just yeah. like, this makes me mad at an ex-boyfriend I don't even have. Like, this is so good. And then I started, you know, I was like, I'm going to folklore. And then um, when I, I bought that on vinyl and then when Midnight's came out, I listened to it and I was like, oh, okay. And then I listened to it again and it just grew on me and I bought the vinyl as well. It really so. grew on me too. I remember listening to it and going, man, this kind of reminds me of, um, like early pop, you know, Taylor, but yeah. then I realized there's more depth to it than that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I really appreciate like her as a songwriter. 100, like her lyrics are like super phenomenal, I think. Um, a lot of them anyways. Ooh, I have some tea. What's some tea? Isn't there a button for tea? 
Hold on, guys. Hold we, we, on. We reprogrammed the uh, soundboard. I'm like, to... where did it go? Hold on. Here we go. Please, stand by. Please stand, stand by. Please stand by while we pour the tea. tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Please proceed. Thank you. So here's my tea. Um, one show that's on my radar for this year is um, I was I happened to see B. A. Johnson's bookings. Oh, uh, on Twitter he yeah. tweeted out some shows. One of them is at Haven, and that is the first show at Haven that I have seen on a list of, of, of an artist. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That is T. So B.A. Johnson is going to play Haven in April, which is public. So sorry, Abby and Sid, if you weren't. Public you know, information. They're not booking. And I, I immediately texted Abby and was like, uh, oh my God, you guys are booking. We're like, no, 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 we're not. But B.A. is the only artist that books like 11 months in advance. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Give so him a date, guys. So he's coming. Give um, him a date. Put him on the show. Oh, oh he's, we've had him on the yeah, show he, before. He's, he's My God, you've show. had 129 episodes. Like, who have you not had on the show? Other than a, lot oh, can, a lot of people. But if you know someone, until now. Yes, yeah, still now. <laughs> Let us know. We love yes. talking to people on the show. It's great. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's on my radar for April, for sure. Nice. Yeah, no, that's good. He played my sister's driveway in um, rural Nova Scotia. I love it. And it was like, it was everything. Awesome. Yeah, that's I can only moment. imagine. I've seen a couple of people do that, and I, I think that's such a fun idea. <laughs> And not even, even, not even because of the pandemic, just because it's something I would rather do anyways. I don't want to like go to Peppers and get beer spilled all over me. Not anymore. anymore. I'm just not over. I'm, I'm kind of done with it. I'll go to Haven. Absolutely. I'll go. I'm just saying sometimes having a little driveway session with some grilled cheeses wouldn't be too bad. There's a place for Peppers. Usually it's a dinner place. Yes. <laughs> when I want some Brussels sprouts fried and delicious uh, spices. Oh, grid food. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been there for a long time. Yeah, but there was like a an LCD sound system cover show there that yeah. live in memory forever. Yeah, like that's there's true. there's this there's a touring cover the cover band the LCD sound system that I remember going there and dancing to and having some fun. But it's been a while. You I know? think an entire student loan went to Peppers. <laughs> 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 Porn star shouts. Oh my gosh! Remember Power Hour at Grannon's? <laughs> I do remember Power Hour. At Two Grannon's. for one whiskey sours. That was my jam. Wow a good jam it could be worse yeah it could have been yeah now i'm like oh, it's that's 7 p.m i'm not gonna go out <laughs> sorry kate <laughs> i feel like i'm gonna die these days if i have to do more than one thing in a day so you know yeah mm. that's true yeah remember and like i was like i always think back of the days we were going to shows like you know two nights in a row three nights in a row and i'm like how did i do that oh youth <laughs> oh youth yeah well you know and talking about like you know the past the present the future and all those things like one of the things that I always, like I said, thought of you um, and like in very high regard was how much you would elevate things going on and not because it was your job because you just genuinely cared about cool people doing cool things. And even if they weren't cool right away, you were still able to inform people what was going on and what the space was, that it was safe or if it was accessible. And I think that that goes a long way when people need like a trusted ally in the community. And, you know, whether it's Taco Pica or like the Deep End or Panic Room or Haven, for me, like we talk about this a lot on the show, like Linda Pelche is one of my great friends now in life, but I remember being 14 and 15 and she would let me into studio 112 and just, she'd be like, as long as Linda's not out back and as long as the liquor inspector doesn't come in, you're good. Cause I would never, I would never, I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't cause any riffraff. I'd really just want to go in and give the band my five or $7 and then I would leave. Right. Or she would let me watch it in the window. But she was like that with so many people and all those people like now, like Jill Langtang, Shelly, like all those people are now like my great friends growing like up now. And it's interesting, like seeing Shelly work at Imperial Theater, seeing like Jill when she visits us going to Rockfest, like it music really does follow you around. And every time that I've seen you like out and about, it just kind of 
it's cheesy to say it, but it's like it is kind of heartwarming because um, you you haven't um, you haven't stopped. You've kept your yeah. punk roots very punk rock, and I love that about I you. I love that you see that because I I don't feel very punk rock, but. You know. I think you're very punk rock, honestly. Thanks, man. I appreciate that because uh, I think that that ethos of making something out of nothing and not being afraid of anyone and, yeah. and, and kind of just embracing uh, all all types of people, even if they are scary to other people, I think right. that that has served me so well in my life. Actually, some of the best lessons that I have learned about talking to people and meeting people where they're at came from the punk scene, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I, I could see that. Yeah, because people just show up. You're hanging out in King Square, and uh, and they could be um, someone that you have never seen before, who uh, is it looks really different from you, or who is a different age, or they're coming through town, and and they're totally like a, a new face, and uh, you learn to talk to everybody. That's and right. get along and find common ground. Sometimes it's music. Often it's music. Actually, I used to love yeah. that saying too. Like you know, pick the people up in the pit and in life. Uh, mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like you know. Be good to those like kind of around you, especially especially like in the scene, because everybody else is, you know, likely still working full time jobs to make those things even possible. Um, and if you do make it, I mean, great. But most of the time, there's still other things, you know, healthcare, family, all those things. I think everybody's just a bill away from having really bad luck. You know what I mean? Like unless you have, you know, a credit card or something to fall back on, most people are one payment away from missing rent or not being able to buy groceries. Mm. So I think it's really important to be legit. So a lot of bands, when I'm doing like marketing plans and stuff for bands and stuff, they'll say like, what should we do? And I'll say, don't just say like new things coming or like, oh my God, teaser coming soon. Like actually just get on and talk about like why the fuck you're making an album or what, what it means to you or about how your parents influenced you growing up and how it's reflected on the album. Because I, I would... It's not about people buying what you have or what you offer or listening to what you do. They, they listen and they buy and they do those things because of you and how you communicate them, right? And I've always felt like, you know, people in, like that, in the scene are very um, capable of having dual personalities in both business and, and in music, Right. It's almost like you've got like a two face going on because you can be listening to metal and then pop. And then you could be talking, you know, to Peter, like for your work and then talking about harm reduction on literally the next segment. So it's, it's really hard on your brain and on your heart. But luckily, the scene tends to, you know, keep things balanced a little bit more. And they always are there as a pillar to bounce things off of. I don't know if you guys can relate to that but I don't know I think uh, people respond to authenticity yeah you know so if if you if you're a band and you're posting things coming like teasers next uh, in the in the coming months or whatever just because that's what other people do when they release their albums and you've seen other people that you think yeah. are cool do that it's not your you know authentic voice yeah I think that it's always better to legit uh, put yourself out there, put your your creative vision or whatever inspired you out there on the line, even if it's embarrassing and stupid, yeah. um, because that is better than some. And you've always done that bag, to me, like bullshit. with like with your zine, with your photography, with like all of the hobbies you've ever done. You never half-ass it. You always go full hard into it. And then you're able to articulate every aspect of it. Like so, that's why like I was excited to have you on the show. And again, you're a friend, but also because I know that you can articulate about music and about lived experiences very well. And people wanted to hear that part of it from you. I, I, yeah. I, what would you like to know, Kate? What questions do you have written down? Pick one. <laughs> I know Sharice really has one oh. about strange sounds. Yes. I guess 
I know we're conscious of time because it's almost uh, bedtime. <laughs> Um, uh, I know you might. Ha- well, actually, you said you didn't need to get up early tomorrow. Yeah, I'm doing something a little different tomorrow, so I, I have a little time. But okay. Yeah. Well, the question: uh, strange solitary sounds, which I did. I was very nice and gave you a heads up on before. But um, three records that you'd bring to a desert island, and why? Hmm. I mean, you did give me a heads up, but it's still that's mm-hmm. that's a hard, hard question. It's yeah. a, it's a difficult one. But um, up there would be uh, probably "Meet Is Murder" by The Smiths because that is an iconic album with so many bangers on it. Um, I, I know Morrissey has kind of morphed into something that none of us recognize, but that album still stands up as an absolutely perfect one to me. Um, most of my picks would be uh, would be 80s, I think, because that's just what makes me happy. I love um, the Talking Heads. Uh, I think that, that would be something by the Talking Heads would have to be on there. Um, and an album that I've listened to over and over, Muramasa. Do you guys know Muramasa? He's another UK kind of mm. uh, like uh, electronic artist. Um, there was a summer where I think I only listened to uh, to him. So I mean, those would be the three that come to mind. Oh, that's fun! I love learning new music. I yeah, know. it never happens. It's so rare. Okay, it's so well, rare. Guys and stuff, I guess I'm just like, yay! I'm like, that's so exciting. Awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that I finally got to be here with you guys. No, you pump my so tires much. so much. Oh no, my God. you're always welcome to come on the show. Our studio is your studio. Come on in anytime. You can have like us I said, on your show Like I said, it's way nicer than mine. So uh, no, no. we that. did appreciate uh, you having us on, by the way, in the new year. You We're so honored. such a killer job. Like, you're so organized and you come <laughs> in and you're on time and you're there. No, you guys are like pros. So we try. We tried a little bit. Like when we went to record like before like our... Um, like the songs, like the talks, like we're just like, I hey, will do this. And we're like, okay, like there wasn't a whole lot of planning, but we've been doing this for so long that we're like, we're so good at like feeding off each other now or in like kind of thinking what the other's thinking. And we're the more going. prepared we are, the worse it seems to go and yeah. not in a bad way, but mm. it's, it's almost just like, it's true. It's, it's like, it's like this, if you were in your body, whereas if we don't prepare, it's very like, what's up? Hey, right. I wish yeah. I could do more of a loose form like this. Like it's a totally different format with my show. Cause we have cut-ins with national news and everything's timed out to the minute. So it's actually relaxing. To well, I don't here. ever want to add here more to your plate, but <laughs> you're welcome close. to come and be a host anytime and chat to anybody that we have on the show. Anytime we've got four mics, only three here, but four we have, we actually have five. Oh wow. Yes, we do. Don't we? So you're always welcome. We always record on Wednesdays. Um, we'll, we will be recording with Corey Bonavi about the new Doctor Mother Father album coming out in the next couple of weeks. Ooh, fun! So that's going to be really good. The vinyl looks amazing. We'll be um, recording. Haven't with seen it, but the leftovers. Sure. Uh, Brock Georgie's new band. Oh, so I be, used to work with him at Civilized. It comes so, full circle. Um, I just did um, his website and the album art, and they just put their new album out. So they just did their album release show at the Cap this past weekend. So we'll amazing. be interviewing them soon. So yeah, it's really cool to see like you know folks that I've done work with like professionally, and then. They're now like thriving and now they're able to actually have hobbies and put out creative things for their own instead of other companies. And it's really nice to see. Um, So yeah, some really kind of fun interviews coming up over the next few weeks, couple months. So you're always welcome to come. Can't wait. Thanks guys. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And before we go, we have to say one last thank you to the people who make our show. Are you ready for it? Do we have it? Oh, we're doing them at the end. We're doing them at the end this time. Make you wait. Are you ready? Are you ready for it, guys? Thank you, Cousin Matthew, 
Cousin Matt Letson. Cousin Matthew Letson. <laughs> Thank you so much for your Patreon dollars. Um, Moral support. One of the things that we've decided to do in the new year is rather than call you patrons, you are now producers of oh, the show. So with as little as $2 a month, you can be producers of our show, right? So who else do we got? We have Michael Hawkins, a.k.a. DJ Hawk. One Thank of the OGs. Thank you so much for being a producer of our show this week. Colin Walshutes, one of our OG supporters. Yes. Um, thank you so much for your producing. Um, we love all of your stuff. If you haven't seen some of uh, Colin's shows, make sure you go to his site. He's got all the most like live shows. Maritime tapers. Maritime tapers, yep. Uh, James Mullinger, thank you so much <laughs> for your patronage. Um, Corey McGill of McGill's, we love you. We love you so much. McGill's rocks. Plus it's Putin week next week, so get down oh, there. Oh, sick. Um, it'll maybe this week, depending when this comes out, but check, um, Chuck Healy, our old, uh, trivia partner, main trivia partner. Main tri- yeah. He, we miss you, Chuck. We hope to see you soon. Mary Roach. Yes. My, one of my oldest friends. She's amazing. Thank you for Glenn supporting Hicks everything you do. Of U Station. Thank you so much. We would not be recording with what we have here today without Glenn and the folks at U Station. So thank you. And also thank you for giving us peace of mind, a safe and accessible and internet actually working and warm place to work when we need to get out of our apartments so much appreciated brent harris at the st john tool library brennan parker jennifer irving greg hemmings and our newest patreon and our newest producer of the show john adam ian thank you so much for your help in producing the show this week guys we really do appreciate it couldn't do it without you obviously and we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you next week Until next time, keep it strange. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com slash strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.